Howdy, folks. It's another Scaring is Sharing. It's the place where we share our scares with each other and you. Thank you for listening. As always, it's Jeremy Rusk, the original Sasquatch Slim. And as always, it's Brandy Joe, the Flame and Scream Queen. Oh my God, Jeremy, I got you some prizes yesterday. And you I got me bring- prizes? I did at Frankenfest. I got you some little presents. I want to hear all about it. You're moving, so like I didn't want to get you, like I, I'm worried about like getting you like a print that like you wouldn't have room for, or you would be like, I already have too much shit, or I'm trying to get rid of stuff. So I got you some small things. Oh, wow. Thanks for thinking of me. But so yes, there was this festival that like creepy art festival called Frankenfest that we were supposed to go to together, but Jeremy's very busy and selling a house, so mm-hmm. you weren't able to go. That's the nightmare of my life. <laughs> but I did go with friend of the podcast, Rob, and it was super fun. Rob's the one who told me about it, so it was appropriate that he came along with me, and it was just so cool. Like, just because like normally when there's any sort of art fair i'm like are there any booths that are selling creepy things are they selling nightmare on elm street jason Voorhees, like any sort of thing like i'm always looking is there a creepy booth here and here every booth was creepy there like there was maybe like one or two that was selling something that didn't relate to horror in some way oh (laughs) and you're like why are you here yeah like they were definitely (laughs) like i'm just selling soap but i did buy some soap but they were like one was called like red rum and another Mm. one was like split pea soup like they were like definitely like horror themed like soaps which was very exciting awesome Um, but the one of the biggest revelations is the guy was there his name i think is steve from scream prince are you familiar okay. with screen prints? I'm sure you all. are. There Maybe. are like these cartoon mashups, like these prints of like Scooby-Doo with like Jason Voorhees. <gasps> oh, I have seen those. He is local. He is a I, Michigan guy. I didn't know that. I know. I saw his stuff and I'm like, wait, is this you? You did this? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, I have seen your stuff all over the place. He's like, yeah, everyone shares it, but they never tag me. <laughs> I was like, oh. And he just yeah. had a whole booth set up of those things. And like, if I would have had any room for art on my walls, like I would have literally no money right now because there was stuff left and right that I wanted to like buy prints of and put up it was oh that's crazy too because screen prints i've seen you know like bloody disgusting and Mm -hmm. dread central like the big uh horror movie websites share his stuff all the time so yeah there were some really cool horror artists there and so that was really really exciting and then also it's at historic fort wayne which is kind of down by like mexican town and like downtown detroit and it's this amazing like i don't know much about history it's not like a a passion of mine but it definitely has a lot of history there are like creepy dark tunnels that you Mm -hmm. can like walk through that apparently i think my friend peggy commented on one of my posts and said did anyone tell you about like the ghosts (laughs) and they they did not but i think that there are like ghost tours that they do there yeah, I've I've heard of uh, historic Fort Wayne in relation to ghost hunter type like tours. And then there was this booth. This this guy. The booth is called was called Be the Light, and he had lots of really cool things. Their Instagram is Stay underscore Within. But they had this shirt that as soon as I saw, it, I was like, "What the fuck? Why am I on your shirt as Freddy Krueger?" And I was like, 
why am I on this shirt? And he's like, that's Daniel Stern from mm -hmm. Home Alone. And I was like, it looks just like me. And it was a large and it would not have fit me. And I was very sad because I wanted to buy it. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that they'll, their Etsy shop does not currently have an extra large in that shirt, but I want it. Uh-oh. Badly. Yeah, it's, it's kind of fun. Generally, I would not say that you look like Daniel Stern. But yeah, but the picture <laughs> when he's screaming, I guess there's some more resemblance. There is. So, yeah, you were sorely missed, uh, but, you know, I think it will hopefully come back. I think it was very successful. There were a lot of people there. Now, is this a, was this a, the first time they've had it this was. Thing? I think they okay. had one before in like Lansing or something. There was one just like this year previously like someone said like oh they just had one in like lansing and and then this one came about someone also told us about there's like um i can't remember what it's called like motor city horror garage sale or something that's coming up and it's hmm. a similar sort of event i think you have to like pay some money to get in this one was free but you can pay some money and there's like all these booths selling horror related things cool. so I must go to that as well. Yeah, we got to uh, keep, 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 uh, I'll try and keep the schedule open for that. That's right. No more moving. Do mm -hmm. you think your new house is going to be haunted? I don't think so. Is it old? It's not super old. Okay. So, yeah. Unfortunately, if anything, this house, because where we live now is like a hundred years old. So, okay. But I've not had any experiences. Well, we have a teragram. We got one this week from friend of the podcast, Tess. She's a okay. dear friend of mine. And she writes, hello, my favorite share scares. Thanks for bringing us all the Friday the 13th updates. Your recurring dreams <laughs> and viewing experiences of this genre called horror. Regarding your recent discussion of superstitions, I wanted to write in. I am devoid of superstition and do not have any lucky charms or rituals, but it made me think of my second favorite Argento movie, Terror at the Opera, or sometimes called Opera, which centers around a theater performing Macbeth, the opera. It's such a great 80s slasher type movie with a gnarly kills and a healthy dose of superstition about the Scottish play. Child of the 80s question, if you were Care Bears, Scare Shares, what would your symbol on your tummy be? Thanks for discussing Ghoulies Porn Wishes and keeping me frightened every week. Oh, and don't listen to the hate hype about Candyman. It's spectacular. X-O-X-O-X, Tess. And I forgot to include The Girls Just Want to Have Fun as my favorite 80s dancing movie, and I will sing Dancing in Heaven to you the next time I see you. Starface, 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 Starface. 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 <laughs> Thank you, Tess. And uh, yes, have you seen Opera or Tear at the Opera? I've never seen it. You have not? Oh, well, I I'll have give not. that to you sometime. I'm adding yeah. it to our infamous list, which if you don't know, we keep a list of movies that the other person has not seen before, and we'll periodically go to that when we assign a movie to the other person to pop their chair in the second part of the episode. I The most I know about Argento's opera is... I remember listening to another horror movie podcast that I used to listen to where they like talked about it because they were doing Argento movies. And I know that opera is divisive uh, for the okay. fan base in that some people, some people are fans of it. And I know some people are like, it's a lesser Argento. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, like uh, not that. So I, I know it's got love and it's got some hate. So, but you have to know it. one thing about it. Like, which, vaguely based on phantom of the opera i thought but. oh that's not what i'm thinking of but like 
the poster. What it like? Oh, know, it's got the, poster, the eyes. Right? Yeah, it's got the eyes with the like slash through broken glass or something. I can't remember. Oh, okay. So you don't actually know? Like I thought. No, nope, I have no idea. If there's a twist in it, I don't know what it is. I Not just... a twist, but there's just it's the poster is very specific and it's kind of what you said, but also different. So, but don't look at it. I'm looking at it. No. You're fine. I won't. And it's funny, one of the alternative titles of this podcast that I wanted to do was Scare Bears. Mm. But you're not quite a bear. You're not you're not at all a bear. You're yeah. like I don't know if you're an otter. I've never like seen you with your shirt off, so I don't know if you're like Harry. If you are, you could be no, an otter. No. I'm not well, yeah, I'm Harry. But, <laughs> <laughs> so maybe a, you're an otter. I have a moderate amount of hair. But I don't think Scare Bear and the Otter was a very good title. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a really good, uh, uh, like, morning zoo like uh, type of radio show. It's Scare Bear and the Otter. <laughs> I do like that. But 69.9. So I don't know if, like, Tessa's question when I read it originally, because I am a tender heart through and through. That was like when I was little, our family each had like an assigned Care Bear that, like, we would. Yeah have like little figurines of and I was always tender heart and I had a I have a tender heart hat and a tender heart hoodie can never have enough tender heart because I have a heart that is tender. Uh, I'm a grumpy bear guy. Are you through and through? In fact, I have a grumpy bear like onesie costume that I've done for Halloween a couple of years. And I have a tender bear like costume. It's not it is a onesie, but it's like a really nice like sort of expensive -y thing but i got a poshmark so it was super cheap but mm. um but that's amazing we have to dress as our care bear sometime <laughs> we should but yeah i was always about grumpy bear just i don't know it's the cynic he's like the <laughs> punk he's like the punk rock care bear so i was about him okay and i had to look them up because i was like i remember i watched the cartoon a lot as a kid or like the cartoon movies or whatever was out there. And I remember the Care Bear cousins when they brought in oh. the other animals that weren't necessarily bears. And I was a fan of, oh God, what was he called? I just looked him up and now I forgot it. It was the raccoon. Oh, I don't remember those. Uh, that was towards the late 80s. So Care Bear. I'd moved on to Nightmare on Elm Street by that time. Yeah. Care Brightheart Raccoon. I liked him oh, too. My. He was like the nerdy one. So if there was a scare bear, what would be on his tummy? Would it be like a dripping butcher knife? Would it be a go it would be a ghost probably, like a cute ghost. Yeah, like a cute ghost. I feel like you could do like a series of them though and like base each scare bear off of a different like genre or something. You could have a slasher bear and he'd have like a hockey mask on his stomach and uh Yep, there should be the scare bears, just yep. like the care bears and there's different ones like slasher bear Paranormal bear, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Alien bear, zombie bear. Yep, exactly. Uh, uh huh. Uh huh. Zombie bear. That. We could have like a zombie hand on his stomach. Oh my god, I love it. So Tess, thank you for writing in as always. And if you want to write to us, scaring is sharing at gmail.com Please check it out. And if you want to tell us about more scare bear ideas, yes, I would love that. Maybe also, we could launch a whole thing. I would love that. Also, I just want to mention we had a comment on uh, I had posted uh, a picture of my the Overlook candle that Joe had gotten me on our Insta. And 
friend of the podcast, Gretchen, who listens all the time. She's very supportive. She's a dear friend of mine as well. She commented, you two are compelling me to watch scary movies, which is something I thought I'd never say. The way you talk about them makes me think I might actually enjoy them. Is the biggest compliment ever. Yeah. Creating a convert. Uh, (laughs) You should do it because they are fun. She has hit me up occasionally and said like, okay, Steve and I, that's her husband. She says like, we're going to watch a scary movie tonight. What would you recommend? So I recommended the final girls, which, you know, isn't it? It's a little scary, but it's more just clever and sweet and lovely. Satirical. Just my, like I recently rewatched it just because I I just like had to get it back in my system. It had been too long and I fucking love it so much. And it gets me every time. I cry every time I watch it. And I've watched it 30, 50 times. I don't know. So many fucking times. Mm-hmm. But I always cry. It's just so fucking good. I love it. And clever. Oh, so I watched this little video of like things that you never noticed in horror or in movie credits that like ruin the movie or something along these lines. And I just was curious if you knew this and Mm -mm. you probably do because you know everything because that's Hmm. like your jam. Okay. That Halloween in the credits, it says Michael Myers age 23. But when you really look at the timeline, he should be 21. Oh, like because he's six when he kills his sister. And then whenever it takes place, like the the timeline in in the years, he's actually 21, but he's listed as being age 23. Oh, I so I mean, it doesn't that. ruin the movie, but it's like something where it's like it's I incorrect. Mean, yeah, it's incorrect. And the other thing they talked about, which I know you are familiar with this. I just never knew the why of why it was this way is Night of the, the Living Dead mm-hmm. and how when they renamed it from it was originally called like Flesh Eaters of the Dead or something. It yeah. originally had a different name, but in the credits of that original version, they had the copyright lingo and when they renamed it someone left that off which is why it got released into the public domain yep and romero lost millions of dollars but i never knew why i just thought it was because it was the company that had released it or was that old or i don't know like i guess i never really knew why it was in the public domain but it was because of an error in the credits which now everything is cop like is protected because of the rules with movies or whatever yeah nowadays that i don't think that kind of error would happen because there was like a failure in filing the correct paperwork with the right name and stuff so like he owned a copyright on a version of the movie that (laughs) didn't get released so it didn't matter so crazy yep because it was like night of the flesh eaters or something like that was one of the names i know there's also um on the because uh, the Criterion Collection did a like really probably the best release the original Night of the Living Dead's ever gonna get on like home video, um, where it included an alternate like rough cut uh, on the disc as a special feature of a version of the movie that was titled Night of Anubis. That was another like alternate name for it, which actually what has is, like a title card that says. What does that, that. mean? Uh, Anubis is the Egyptian god of death, so I don't know if they were trying to be like that's lofty. Very lofty. Yeah, it has like nothing to do with the movie. I don't know if that was just a title where they were trying to make it a little more like artsy or something like that. But uh, there's like, it was like a work print of the movie. So it's not quite finished, but it had that title card that goes Night of Anubis when they were trying to think of a name. Okay. That was technically, I think, a placeholder before they came up with Night of the Living Dead, which was like some... I want to say one of the distributors like suggested that or something. Like you need something punchier that's going to like excite people and 
flesh eaters or whatever was too much they thought so. i have a theory it's whoever left off the copyright thing and it was their plan all along so they were just like let's rename it one more time yeah and then they're like erase 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 <laughs> so yeah. it could have been like who knows and i know it became kind of like there i think there were some court cases like trying to reclaim it or get some money from it over the years so yeah and that makes sense why you would see that video like everywhere. Oh like, God, yeah. With like two dollar bins and like just everyone. There's supposed to be an animated version coming out. I think we talked about it. I want to watch yeah. it. Yep. I had a uh, speaking up too. I had a DVD uh, in high school that I bought out of a <laughs> like a two dollar you know uh, bin that was it was a double feature of Night of the Living Dead, the original Night of the Living Dead, and Dementia Thirteen. Oh, okay. Uh, which was, uh, for those that don't know, Francis Ford Coppola's first directorial effort, which was a... Is there something with an axe? Yeah, I... it's, okay. it's, like, it's like a movie. Straight up, it's about an axe murderer. It's kind of a psycho ripoff that uh, Coppola did for Roger Corman. Uh, and it's another movie that's notoriously in the public domain for whatever reason. So Did they remake it recently? I heard it was horrible, but I think there was a remake. I think there was a remake. There's also supposed to be... Uh, getting released on uh, home, you know, on Blu-ray is the director's cut, okay. uh, which is a big deal because somebody did a, like a restoration and for Francis Ford Coppola himself was like involved in restoring it and returning it to his original version before Roger Corman hacked it up and <laughs> turned okay. it into something else for distributors. So uh, I'm kind of keeping an eye out to see. I'd like to see that because I've seen I've seen it Dementia 13 like once ever and it wasn't very like compelling you know it didn't like wow me or anything so let's see what the director's cut is like okay mm -hmm. did you watch anything this week uh i've been getting a few things in uh let me go to my letterboxd so i'm a nerd uh, and once yeah. i <laughs> once i start up my uh my horror you know my halloween time viewing i usually start in september uh and i like to track all of uh, like what I've watched leading up to Halloween. So I have a notebook with handwritten lists uh, for like the last handful of years. But now with Letterboxd, I transferred them all onto Letterboxd. Nice. Uh, and I'm keeping track that way. Uh, but a few things of note that I have, dis well, a couple movies I've discovered. Uh, there is a flick called Mausoleum. Have you ever heard of it? I know the poster and I feel like I've seen bits. Is it like it, a, a group of kids like break into like a mausoleum in the middle of the night? That's kind of part of it, but not okay. quite. Not quite. Okay. It's from 83. Um, you know what? I'll just read the letterbox description here. Traumatized by her mother's death, young Susan is becoming possessed by the same demon that possessed her mother before she died. More and more, her husband and psychiatrist are noticing the strange changes. Uh, oh. So it's a, it came out in 83, so it's an early 80s. It's an exorcist ripoff. That's what it is. But imagine if the exorcist was made by trauma. Like, that's the level of, because she turns into like a rubber suited demon. It's not a good movie. I know it's got a cult following, but I'm like, this okay. is a so, so bad. It's good. I was cracking up throughout it. Um, there's exploding heads. It feels like an Italian movie, like one of those Italian ripoffs where they just tried to like throw in some shocking gore and special like effects. beyond the door. Yeah, but it's actually an American movie. It just feels like cheapo, like an Italian. But uh, that's it, guys. If you want to see, it's totally like The Exorcist, but done by trauma. So, you know, it's got nudity. It's got gore. <laughs> Check it out. Like, I thought it was really funny. So I think if you're into the so bad, it's good. 
Uh, maybe I'm way off base though, because I feel like it's got fans online that are like legit fans. Like, this is a great scary movie. I saw like doing some, you know, quick internet searching. I do love the poster. It's always reminded me of curtains. Like, I get the two of them sort of mixed up in my yeah. head because they're similar. It's like a face and then like a, an entrance sort of thing, like somewhere sort of underneath its mouth area. Mm -hmm. But the poster is so cool. I love it. So, yeah, there's that. If you want some cheese. Uh, now, a movie I thought was actually pretty good and I'd never gotten to see was The City of the Dead from mm. 1960. Is it Fulci? It, that is City of the Living Dead. Ah, okay. That's what I was thinking of. That's from the 80s. That one's crazy, too. Uh, but The City of the Dead from the 60s, it's a British movie, but they set it in Massachusetts. Uh, and it's kind of taking off of like the Salem witch trials. It's the story of this witch that gets burned in this town. Uh, and curses it, jump forward to modern day. Uh, and again, I'll just read the letterbox real quick. A young college student arrives in a sleepy Massachusetts town to research witchcraft. During her stay at an eerie inn, she discovers a startling secret about the town and its inhabitants. Um, and it's got Christopher Lee in it. Uh, in a, you love Christopher Lee. And I love Christopher Lee, and he's great in this. Uh, and a, a cool thing about this movie, I'd heard about it, over the years, people, you know, seen reviews and stuff are like City of the Dead. It's actually a pretty cool, like low key kind of witchcraft movie from the 60s. A lot of people don't remember it, but it's got a cult following. The arguably the most famous Rob Zombie song, Dragula, uh, in the beginning of that song, there's an audio clip of because uh, Rob Zombie does that a lot. He uses, you know, found audio samples in his songs that come from all sorts of horror movies. And that's part of the fun of listening to him is figuring out what the hell movie uh, are these obscure clips from. Uh, but in the beginning of the song, Dragula, there's a clip of Christopher Lee going superstition, fear and jealousy. And it's from this movie. As soon as I heard it, I was like, Oh my God. That's hilarious because friend of the podcast, Rob earlier this week brought up Dragula to me for some reason. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's like the Rob Zombie song. I'm like, I don't know. He's like, Oh, you've heard it. And he sent it to me. I'm like, I've never heard this before in my life. Yeah. I wouldn't so. think if you're not a metal guy, like how would you have heard this? <laughs> 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 so that is way random that you brought that up. Is Black Sunday also about like a witch that's killed and comes back? Yes, there's quite a few okay. <laughs> that are about that kind and of like thing. from that same sort of time. Like it's like black and white. Like is it like the late fifties or early sixties? Yeah, late fifties, early sixties. There's yeah, City of the Dead, Black Sunday, Black Sabbath. Uh, okay, there's like a whole bunch of these witchcraft. I feel like this is the beginning of folk horror. Like this idea okay. of folk horror, because folk horror didn't really become a thing, I think, until the 70s, like The Wicker Man, uh, Witchfinder General, Blood on Satan's Claw. Like those are the movies that started the idea of folk horror that, you know, The Witch and Midsummer and stuff are picking up now in the modern okay. day. But these movies feel like the ancestors to that idea. But uh, yeah, that one was pretty good. I actually really liked it. I thought it was a cool one. City of the Dead. Check that out. Is it actually uh, scary or is it just like interesting and in, like the, the history of horror? I would say more interesting. Uh, and I don't want to like it has a plot structure that is shockingly similar to another famous movie from that time period that I don't necessarily want to say because I feel like it might ruin you'll guess what's going on anybody i don't want to spoil it because this is kind of a movie with twists that you don't expect uh and it's super similar to something else yeah check it out i liked it okay it's got some spookiness though it's got some cool like 
fog, just tons of fog. Like John Carpenter would be jealous of the amount of fog that was in this movie. So it's got atmosphere for sure. Okay. And finally, it's a movie I've seen before a few times, but yesterday afternoon, and Sarah watched this one with me. Oh. Uh, I revisited the movie Chud. That is also weird because Joe brought that up yesterday because we were watching something and I can't remember someone said something, but it sounded like Chud. Mm -hmm. Joe said, oh, what? Cellar dwelling, whatever the fucking acronym is. So that is weird. You're bringing things up today that have come up in my life in the last week, like random, totally bizarre, weird things. That's awesome. But cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. Is, is that hilarious? It's uh, like, it's all over the place, man. That's what I remember about it was like, it's cheesy. It's got, it, it borders on so bad it's good. Uh, but it has like good actors in it because it's got like John Hurd, uh, you know, the, the dad from the Home Alone movies mm -hmm, uh like mm -hmm. he's in an early he's the main character of it uh d it's funny that you sent me a thing of daniel stern because daniel stern is in chud as a supporting character it is great uh john goodman it's his first movie like john goodman shows up as essentially like a speaking extra okay like holy crap because he's in one scene uh but it's cheesy it's ridiculous uh, you could tell they wanted to be a little highbrow, but like when you have cannibals come, monsters coming out of the underground. Um, it was like a big Hollywood, like it came out in theaters and stuff. Yeah, right? it came out in theaters, but I would say it was like a low budget production. Okay. Like it didn't have a okay. lot of money, uh, but it was in theaters. It's one of those like Nick the Knife will remember. That was one of the ones we grabbed off the Nick. shelf. When, when I love we Nick. When we were teenagers, you know, going to the video store and just like looking for like, what's the most ridiculous, how... How we grabbed like rabbit grannies by trauma and stuff like that. We're like, Chud, like this has got to be good. I mean, the poster is so good. And it's just cheesy. Like the one downside of the movie is uh, the Chuds aren't in it a lot. Like it's trying to build suspense with a lot of figuring out like what's going on and characters running around like almost like seeing, yep, almost seeing the monsters and then they finally show up. And they also feature, as Sarah liked to point out, she's like, why are movie monsters always wet? Because when you see the chuds, they're like glistening. Because I think to always... make the effects look better, they gotta wet them down. Yeah, so that the the colors shine and shit like that. That's that makes sense. In I a think way. that that's it, as opposed to like it being like the the plastic that it actually is. But they're always drippy, and it's like, yeah, you're kind of right because it's very much like the alien from the movie Aliens is always just kind of drippy. Uh, a lot of '80s monsters are drippy. I watch a lot of movies on Flickstore, which is like the best site ever. But there was a new movie that got posted like a few weeks ago called Corn, but it's an acronym and it stands for Collective Order of Recreational Necrophilanthropists. I don't know how to say that word. Okay. <laughs> um, but it sounds very interesting about two teens who make friends with locals on Halloween, but soon run into their cult that they have chosen this area to perform human taxidermy. So that's, I don't even know what to make of that. It's gotta be a spoof of Chud with that title. I, I know, that's what I was immediately, immediately made me think of. Is the sequel any good? I also think the poster for the sequel is creepy. Uh, Chud 2, but yeah. the Chud is pretty terrible. Um, I watched it, I remember it being on TV a lot when I was in like college. Uh, so Chud 2 became like a favorite, like, 
terrible movie that it's like a ripoff of return of the living dead is kind of what chud 2 feels like okay where, uh it's loosely connected to the first chud but it just has zombies like the monsters aren't even the chuds which are like mutant monsters like it's got they're just zombies uh and the titular bud the chud is just a zombie like it's it's fucking weird it's one of those weird sequels that has like nothing to do with the first one or just barely Man, those early 80s, early to mid 80s posters were just the fucking best. Oh, yeah. Like half the like time the artwork was so good. Half the time they evoke a movie in your brain that's like way better than what you actually watch. Oh, yeah, for sure. I only watched a couple things this week and they were all last night. Uh, oh. So one was the seventh episode of Slasher. I think there's one episode left and they like unmask the killer. And it's kind of like, uh, what? Because, of mm. course, like, as you're going along, I'm like, there's no way, like, we know that, like, the, the remaining people alive can't be the killer because we've seen them interact with the killer that got chased by the killer. Like, so, like, you sort of are like, it can't be any of them. And then it is revealed and it's like, what the fuck? So I'm sure the last episode will show us how it's possible considering everything we've watched so far but it's so far annoying to me but mm -hmm. it ha i mean the gore is just so fucking great in it it awesome. is just like it's a good time for that and then i watched this movie called it never sleeps i saw someone on letterboxd who reviews someone i follow and it had like two reviews on letterboxd and i just found it interesting so i was like i'm gonna try to find that so i found it and i watched it and it was it's one of those uncorked movies do you know that production company no they do a lot of like weird horror films like if you watch the trailers you'll see like the logo and you're like oh okay okay and it's british and it's about this one with ptsd it's very like there's some elements of like like juan like that sort of mm. early 2000s asian horror Mm -hmm. but it's she's like dealing like a she was in like the war and she's having some ptsd and then it also is mixed with like what lies beneath i saw the twist coming from a mile away because i've seen what lies beneath mm -hmm. um so while there were some decent scares and i was kind of intrigued for a bit it ultimately was a huge letdown but with having two reviews on letterboxd i mean no matter how low budget a film is it has more than two reviews uh -huh. <laughs> but i was also like i just gotta be one of these I'm going to add a third review. So there you go. <laughs> so it was a light week. I'm still like dying to watch Malignant. Uh huh. Like dying to. And Candyman just came up on my little site. So I'm like, oh, yeah, we got to We got to cover Candyman. I know we do. Got to get to it. People want to hear it. I do. So shall we get to our scare? Shall we share our movies with each other? Let's do it. Let's do the assigning. All right. I go first this week do it and i'm giving you one that's not on our list but i'm pretty sure you've not seen it so i'm giving you frontiers i have not seen it well good i didn't think you had frontiers i've heard of this movie i feel like in the same breath i've heard of this movie in the same breath as like martyrs yeah and some others so i believe it's like supposed to be like shockingly violent like part of that um not quite torture porn, but I feel like, you know, there was that either this is a French movie and it's part of the French like new extreme. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to say it is. I believe it's part of the French new extreme. So it was like their movement of like it's less like scary and more just like we're trying to overwhelm you with how gratuitously like violent this is. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know what this is about. I feel like it's sort of a take 
off the top of my head, like I see a poster of people like on a road or something like that. So I feel like it's sort of the takeoff of the Hills Have Eyes, Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of thing where people end up in a remote area, lost, uh, and there's some violent ass like locals uh, that kill and torture them. And it's amazing because I saw it so long ago, I couldn't tell you if you're right or wrong right now. <laughs> oh, I don't remember. All right, cool. So let's but it's do just, it. I gave you such a light movie last week. It was just, you know. Time it, to get heavy. Yeah, it was time to to get a little gory, which I do remember that aspect of it. So I'm excited cool. to watch it again. I'm definitely intrigued to see. I don't re- I remember liking it, but I don't remember loving it. So we'll see. All right. Well, I don't know. I've gone back and forth. Like we've talked about some movies that have come up um, that you've not seen in the last couple of weeks, but I'm looking at the list. Uh, you know what? And I'm going to keep with like, we've done Ghoulies and Ghoulies 2. And I'm going to I know keep what you're going to give me. Ghoulies 3. No, no. I'm joking. <laughs> no. I know no. what you're going to give me though. Can I guess? No. Oh. Yes. What do you think? I think you're going to give me Critters. No. Oh, okay. I'm not, but I'm going a different direction with like weird kind of goofy 80s movies. I'm going to give you the stuff. Oh, fun. I've seen bits and pieces. I know it just recently got added to Shudder, along with Ms. 45. If you haven't seen Ms. 45, it just got re-added to Shudder. I saw that yesterday. So check it out. Listen to our episode. Um, So the stuff, I mean, I know that it's this yogurty stuff, yogurt slash ice cream. I don't know which one it is. But it appears and it's all the rage and you, it eats you or something is the tagline. Like you think you're eating it, but it's eating you. There's some tagline like that. I know it's just bizarre. I remember there from like the bits I've seen, there's like commercials with people being like, ooh, this stuff. And there's like sexy girls like eating it. And I know it looks like cum. I mean, not really. It looks like marshmallow, but I always think of cum when I see like all the white stuff all over the place. Um, and I feel like it's gonna sort of be like a uh, little shop of horrors, like you know, it sort of takes over the world, and there's just gonna be like big globs of people that have turned into white goo. I think collectively becoming one larger thing, and I think it's gonna take over the world. I think it comes from space. I think it comes from space. Okay. And there's does Roger Corman direct it? Someone prolific i feel yeah i'll tell you that much you are correct it is like a a b movie like not corman but a b movie like star director okay okay um, okay you're probably familiar with some of his other stuff at the very least have heard of it so so i'm excited to finally see i feel like it centers around a family but we'll see we'll find out i'm excited to revisit this because i i've only actually seen this movie once ever all the way through uh and that was in like adult life like a handful of years ago that i was like oh wow that was actually surprisingly fun uh so yeah i'm excited to revisit it and see if i still feel like it was fun and again the poster is just fucking great yeah it's not a sort good of one. like great art like someone painted this amazing image i think it's like coming out of the fridge with like people like coming out of it it's just absolutely well cool i'm excited to watch let's get to it all right see you in a bit don't you blame the movies movies don't create psychos movies make psychos more creative We are back. 
Guess who's back? Back again. Sasquatch back and a queen. It's not a rhyme. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? I I think I've already talked about this before, but every time that song comes on, I am transported back to the early 2000s in Wyoming, and I would get on top of the bar and I would dance, and oh god, it was just the best song. I heard it like a week ago, and I was just like, the song is still the best. I uh, seem to remember you describing it as that song used to get you so riled up, and I'm like, <laughs> what a great descriptor though, riled up. Like people I can't get enough. That's like that's a perfect descriptor for like when you hear a song like that that just makes you it go riles crazy. me up. Yeah, that's it. You get riled up, man. <laughs> Commence the riling. All right. Well, speaking of riling, I don't know what that means. Uh, our first movie is Frontiers. Well, the the S is in quotation marks. So I was like going crazy <laughs> online trying, know, to, trying see to find out if that had significant. I was like, is it like a thing of the French language? Maybe that like doing that, like, you know, means something for French speakers. But I don't know. I didn't find I it. don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it either. All right. So the tagline on Letterboxd is what are your boundaries? And the what? <laughs> it's like it's like it's like a game, and it's like not a game. I guess. Uh, the description is a gang of young thieves flee Paris during the violent aftermath of a political election, only to hole up at an inn run by neo Nazis. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I mean, like that's. It's like if this movie, if like Inside and Green Room and Hostel had like a baby. Yeah, I was sitting here like, so we're going to talk about French Texas Chainsaw Massacre. because Oh, yeah. And Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Very much with this movie. This movie even has a fucking dinner scene at the end with people, with the girl against her will. I'm getting ahead. Sorry. And guys. the descent as well. It also is like the descent. Yeah, it's got a bit of everything. Um. All right. So my impressions of this movie is I was all over the place uh, with my feelings. I'm not even sure where I'm going to land when we rate this thing either. You keep saying that. Because, <laughs> well, no, solidly, like the first 40 minutes of this movie, like I was not into it. I didn't feel no. anything for like any character. Like I just didn't care. And then they started to do stuff that I got a little bit like more into it. Uh, but then like this movie is so derivative like it's just so cliched to the point where i'm like i've seen all this before like this would feel fresher had we not had hostile all of the saw movies texas yeah. chainsaw multiple versions of texas chainsaw like this movie it's not just homage and it's it, it borrows so heavily that it is just cliched uh to a point where you're like okay i guess they threw in nazis because they were trying to do a little bit of a like political message i guess but like what was the message nazis are bad i already fucking know that like it doesn't i don't need this movie to yeah uh, i don't need a gory horror yeah. movie to make that point to me you know and the I atrocities of fascism I, yeah i didn't need like all the allusions to like world war ii like the 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 oven that the guy gets boiled in the steam room and yes yeah the, like just all of that like i not that i'm fine with nazis i'm not but like <laughs> like i I'm more okay with that idea of there being like neo-Nazis if like they don't have to treat their like victims as like Jews it's, in a concentration camp. Yeah, it's very heavy handed what they're like trying to do in this movie, I feel in a way that like maybe it means more culturally, you know, to French audiences because, you know, they have 
you know, not that people may not have, Americans have relatives that fought in World War II as well and all that. But in France, you know, being a country that was actually occupied by the Nazis and had a more up close and personal relationship to that government, you know, to those people uh, and a closer, I suppose, tie to the that, those atrocities. Maybe it means more for a French audience to see that and speaks to anxieties. That's where I was trying to culturally like contextualize this. So I'm sure, because for us, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Hills Have Eyes, these movies feel like they've been around for eternity. Uh, and they're the plot of like, city dwellers get lost in the country and killed by redneck cannibals. Like that's so cliched to an American viewer uh, that I wonder does France, maybe they don't have that tradition. I don't know a shit ton about French horror movies, but they likely, I'd assume, don't have the slasher tradition, the wrong turn, if you will, kind of tradition that America does. So this is like a fresher idea to them where they're like, let's take an American concept and try and do it ourselves. But like what scares French people, I guess, more than like crazy rednecks in America. It's, you know, neo-Nazis in France. Maybe that's scarier and that's why they plugged that in. Um, sorry for all that word vomit there, but that's, that's, <laughs> I was trying to make sense of this movie. Like what, how would this be scary as opposed to just gratuitous is what it really felt like watching this thing. Yeah. And I just, I mean, I know you're not really supposed to care for any of like the hoodlum like guys, but like even the girl, like, I mean, she's fine. I don't like hate her, but I don't like feel for her. Like I, I like inside, which just has such a similar vibe. It starts with a baby in the stomach mm -hmm. that deals with the riots and, and all this sort of stuff and a similar lead female. But like, even though she, that lead female is like a little unlikable because she's sort of miserable, like you, I grew to like be fond for her and root for her and want her because she's sort of realizes throughout the course of this horrible night that like she does want her baby and she wants to save the baby. So you're like, oh my God, I want you to save the baby. And here, this girl, I just, she was just a girl. She yeah. Cried. I feel like that's the problem. And inside, there's real character development with your main character. So you take the journey, you know, with her uh, and really want to you as a viewer, you want to get out of her to get out of the situation is terrible. In this movie, I feel like they really took, instead of actual character development for our final girl, if you will, what they did was like, she's pregnant uh, and in distress. So automatically we're gonna make you, force you to feel for her some sympathy without doing any actual character work here. And I think that's just lazy writing. I wish it would have fully transitioned to the lead girl being that secondary character. Mm -hmm. The, like, sort of awkward girl with the children. Yeah. Like, it's sort of, the focus does go a little bit on her, but I wish it, like, 100%, like, had that switcheroo halfway through where she's been this, like, kept girl, but she something happens and she realizes Escape. she doesn't want to be. And yeah. it's all about, like, how to, like, take over. And she sort of takes the lead. I wish that would have happened. They would have, like, leaned into that more. She's still the most interesting character in there, for sure. Yeah, uh, she's very Helena Bonham Carter. She's uh, yeah, and I was also totally like, okay, so they have a dinner scene out of Texas Chainsaw. This is kind of a Texas Chainsaw family, but with a fascist streak. Um, and that Eva was that the name of the girl, the sure. the weird one. Uh, okay, that was being kept by the family. Yeah, and she's Ruby from Hills Have Eyes. Because in Hills Have Eyes, Ruby was the daughter that's like the good, you know, the not bad mutant that tries to help. I don't people. remember. So 
So she's very much like Ruby from Hills Have okay. Eyes, where she's like the kind of not bad one that tries to help a bit. So you're like, okay, they're really just straight up ripping off all these uh, American like horror traditions, I should say, and would have become cliches. So are we to gather like anyone who comes to this hotel, they like do killed this, eight, they kill them and, and they salt them to eat them later. Like they're just food. Yeah, and that's I guess where all so. of the people hanging are. It feels like there's a few plot lines that, especially with the family there, that like again, that like, how does this all work? Like, this is sort of like, is it motel hell a little bit too? You know, you're you're eating these people. That's what you do, or like, I don't know. Uh, and the um, and the the moments you get of you know the the weird one and uh, and her husband, her quote unquote husband Hans, who clearly is. Uh, troubled because he takes that moment where the dad's being held hostage to just fucking kill him because clearly he's you know they give him those acting moments of like he's torn having to kill these people and stuff so you're like i feel like there's more there like let's develop that guy like you made it intriguing like he's conflicted about being part of this family but it's not very explored yeah yeah and i'm sure lots of it probably is I know I go to this word often, but like allegorical or metaphorical for things going on and what's happening to society and shit mm-hmm. like that, that I just don't get. And when it, cause I watched it when it came out, I know it was supposed to be a part of after dark, right? Yeah. And it was like too much. Yeah. I saw that they couldn't officially release it cause it got an NC 17 rating yes. in America, so. which Watching it now, I mean, there is some stuff that's like a little like, Ugh. yeah, but but it's not really that bad. Yeah, because American, um, uh, like mainstream American movies have gone that far now at this point. Like, I yeah, feel like, like American Horror Story does, and it's on TV. Yeah, yeah, like ten years ago. Yeah, I get it. We weren't quite like Hostel and Saw were new things, and those were still having to cut shit to get out in theaters, but. Now we're at a point where, like, I think of, like, the Evil Dead remake. Like, that's gory as all get out. And, you know, that came out with an R rating. So, uh, yeah. you know, we've, we've caught up. <laughs> yeah, this is almost 15 years old, which is so crazy. Yeah. And when I first watched it, I remember being like, oh, my God, I was like, crazy. That's all I could remember is thinking that it was pretty crazy. And I remember that there was a girl that you felt for. And I seem to have the memory that she wasn't like the like the poster girl wasn't like the lead girl because I went into it thinking she was. I also there I and I I barely remember this movie, but watching this, I get the feeling of like American Gothic sometimes. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that movie? Oh God, the name sounds like familiar, like but the I'm not. Pic- I'm not like picturing weird, the movie at all. A weird family. It's uh, once again sort of Texas Chainsaw E. Yeah, I feel like there's like a weird. It's very much like this, like a weird family that is very strong in their extremist beliefs and mm-hmm. a group of kids stumble upon their place and have to like sort of live there. And yeah. Yeah. Also, I got to say um, this main movie poster that they have for it is total dog shit as far as <laughs> movie poster design goes, I think, because it's just the it's 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 the weird chick, right? Yeah, looking all dirty, just standing in a dirty landscape. And like, it's just not it's lazy and it's not evocative of like what this movie is actually like when you watch it, I feel. Um, I don't know. I feel like they should. It looks like 
I, placing it in a certain time and place, it looks like a. It should be the cover for a uh, for a video game that's like a ripoff of Resident Evil or Silent Hill or something like that. Yeah, there's another one which is very. I much saw like some better ones. The lead girl, like at the end, and she's like screaming. There's like blood in her teeth. Yeah, that and... one's cooler. Uh, there's one of like the dude's body up on the meat hooks. I saw. Oh yeah, yeah, like an yeah. alternate. That, I was like, okay, that's way better. But this main one I'm seeing everywhere, like that's a cheap. That's got to be a cut and paste and Photoshop, like the DVD distributor. Somebody did that. Like that's. Come on, guys. Lazy marketing department. Yeah, and I want to know. There's, like, the one with, like, all the words, like, behind her. Yeah. And I want to know what it says. I mean, you can tell it's, like, a film, the scenes. <laughs> That's all I can It probably just a, a movie so extreme you'll shit yourself or something along <laughs> those lines, I'm assuming. Yeah, and speaking of the After Dark Film Festival or whatever they called it, Eight Movies to Die For. That I remember yeah. that ad campaign. So fucking much. Uh, but when I read that this was part of that, I was like, oh, okay, maybe this movie's not as highbrow as I as it thought it was trying to be or something, because a lot of the, the movies associated with After Dark are not necessarily like high art. They're all like- Yeah, they're not movies, like so. the worst. Yeah, they're not all terror. They're usually just sort of like middle ground. Yeah, B-movies definitely, most of them, but yeah. definitely middle ground, like indie, like nothing spectacular. Yeah. You know? You know, there's no like, there's no surprise midsummer coming out of there or something. No. Like that. It's all, yeah. Yeah, I, I can't even think of a good one I've seen. I've seen nope. a handful of them. There's one, the Hamiltons that I've never seen that I think people talk about quite a bit as being good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, most of them I like going through them through the various years, like, and a few jumped out at me that I'm like, oh God, I remember that. One of them was Lumberjack Man, no. uh, which is like, yeah, it's it's like a sci-fi channel grade like slasher movie about a giant monster Paul Bunyan guy killing people. And I saw Butterfly Effect 3 was one of them for years. Yeah. Not God, even I two. The first one. So th bad. Three. Wow. Yeah, it was one of them. So one year. So I was like, weird. Okay. That's rough. Yeah. I don't even think I knew that there was a third, so. Yeah, me either. I've seen two, and two was terrible. I mean, the first one's not even good, but two was even worse, so. Yeah. Well, you pretty much nailed everything about it. Violent, yeah. French New Extreme, less scary, more violent. People on a road, they were. Yeah, I didn't get the Nazis, but yeah. But that came out real quick in the movie. It's not even like that's a twist like that. What you missed was lots of hot guys, because that was my favorite part. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of handsome young men. In a lot there, of like so. that, like dirty skater boy, bad boy, which I'd love so much because it's just like I think it's just because it's so opposite of me and like the kind of boy that never liked me. Like back in the days that I would have like crushes on like the little skater boy. And why would he like some chubby little boy like me? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that reminds me, too. Uh uh, for my film nerds out there, this movie did have sort of a vibe of um, th there's a French film, uh, La N. Uh, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's Amelie? Is it Amelie? No, no, not Amelie. Uh, <laughs> la, la, it looks like in French, it looks like La Haine. Uh, you know how us English, we would say the title, but uh, it's La N uh, in French, and it means the hatred. Uh, I think I'd call it La Haine. Lahaini is kind of what it looks like, but it's a it's a really good flick, and it's just about uh, like a street gang 
uh, mm. of kids like in Paris while there's like this, there's riots going on for, uh, if I remember that one's actually about the cops killing somebody uh, and all the youth in the sub are like ready to go out and kill some cops in revenge. Mm. Uh, Got and revenge. It. Yeah. It's a really good drama, but you got a lot of like shaved head young men running around in that movie. It's got Vincent Casel in like one of his first roles. Um, huh. And uh, that's a good movie, but this movie feels like it was kind of taking the characters from that and transplanting them into a horror movie. Okay. So, yep. All right. Well. Another aside there. Uh, also, I want to say that machine guns are an underutilized weapon in horror movies. So it was kind of <laughs> novel and cool to see them just bust out a bunch of like fully automatic weapons at the end of this movie and start shooting them up. Like it went in a vaguely Quentin Tarantino direction all of a sudden at the end where I was like, yeah. oh cool, they're just gonna start shooting guns at each other, blowing themselves up and shit. Yeah. The last 20 minutes was pretty much the best part of this movie. And yeah. It's, and it's too fucking long. Ugh, it was. I'm like, this needs to be hour and a half max not hour 50 yeah not an hour 50 where there's like easily 50 minutes of just boring shit in the beginning yeah You're like sorry director man of this xavier whatever your name is not not the greatest <laughs> well out of five salt bods i don't know salt salted bodies yep salt bods Salted skater bods. <sighs> yeah, see, because I kept having moments where I'm like, this movie's got some shit that's kind of cool, but the problem is the length and just how like same it is to like, I've already seen Hostile. I've already, you know. Yeah. Had I seen this when it came out, it would probably would have had a bigger impact on me, but now we're like, you know, 15 years later and there's just so much other stuff like this that's better. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give it a two. That is exactly what I'm giving it. Oh. So we know what that means. Throw it on the slash. Throw it on the fucking table saw. Yeah, throw on the table saw. Let that fucking spray all over my face. I also want to say, too, uh, I, right before I watched this movie, last, last night I watched Texas Chainsaw Part 2. Okay. Uh, so I went from like arguably like the most fun movie ever made about a cannibal family, like because <laughs> in its crazy Technicolor black comedy nightmare, I went from that, which is absurdist and fun, to this movie, which is very drab and <laughs> dark movie about cannibal family. I guess I, it's just I was all over the place. I've, I went every direction you can go with the cannibal family, I think. so. I bet there's still another route or two you haven't gone down. Probably, if, if there's a musical. Uh, cannibal yeah. the Musical, isn't there? Well, yeah, there is Cannibal the Musical. We should throw that in the mix. I don't know it, but Nico could, says it's really good. Could throw that in there. That's fun. But anyway, there you have it, guys. Frontiers. Yep. Uh, I guess Flash seek it out. It. See, yeah, seek it out if you really want, but... Yeah, I had to rent it on YouTube because the one on my little magic site didn't have subtitles. And I was like, yeah, no, I need them. So I oh, rented good. it okay. for $3.99. I rented it as well. So Ugh. Ugh. it's like so disappointing when you spend the money to rent something and you're like, I didn't enjoy this. I'd rather have bought a couple of bangs. <laughs> you know, like that energy drink. Oh, bang. It's like I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I was like, he's having a stroke right now, I think. <laughs> okay. 
So let's move on to something a little goofy. And we're talking now the stuff directed by the late, written and directed by the late, great Larry Cohen. Uh, The stuff. Are you eating it? Or is it eating you? Ooh. Ooh. Amalgamated Dairies hires David Rutherford, an FBI man turned industrial saboteur, to investigate a popular new product called The Stuff. Can't get enough of the stuff. <laughs> a new dessert product that is blowing ice cream sales out of the water. Nobody knows how it's made or what's in it, but people are lining up to buy it. It's got a delicious flavor to die for. So first of all, have you seen his Masters of Horror? Horror? No, I haven't. I haven't either. That was like the only thing he did since 1996. Yeah, yeah. I must have seen it, but I didn't know who he was. And I'm like looking through. I've only, I've started Q, but I did not make it very far. And I think I've started God Told Me To and did not make it very far in that either. Yeah, he's definitely, he's a B-movie maven, if you will. Larry Cohen was. He also directed uh, It's Alive. Yeah, I remember that, that one with the great, uh, probably the greatest killer baby movie ever made. Um, no, I think I've only seen Basket Case. I don't know if I'm getting them mixed up, but I, oh, I'm pretty sure I've not seen It's Alive. It's Alive has one of the greatest taglines in horror movie history, which is, there's only one problem with the Davis baby. It's alive. <laughs> That's Yeah, all the posters for it are so good. Yes. And that first trailer is so good, too. So the stuff, I think it's fun. It's like the blob mm-hmm. meets something else. Invasion of the body snatchers a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know what you're saying too. I feel like there's something else out there that this is kind of like. I just, more than anything, I want to taste it. Like, I want to know, does it taste like, like, what is that marshmallow fluff stuff? Yeah, like, I see the marshmallow spread at uh, the grocery yeah. store and I'm like, the stuff, get it out of here. I'm like that kid. I want to start smashing it and get it out of the store. And I, I get confused. Like I see it refrigerated and then I see it not refrigerated. I'm like, what, what does it need to be? Mm-hmm. But it's the stuff. So it can be whatever. Yes, right. It could be you. <laughs> Clearly, because the rules of the stuff are a little bit like wonky in this movie. Well, not even wonky. They just don't explain it. Because I guess it like you eat it and then it grows inside of you and eventually takes you over, I suppose. And then comes out of you as a monster blob thing to get other people. I don't know. But then you might come back to life. Yeah. Like it doesn't, if it like comes out of you, it doesn't necessarily like kill you. Because that guy you. in like the gas station like Lived. comes back, right? Yep. Yeah. He comes back later. And then some people like, like when they just punch the dudes and like their faces cave in and there's nothing in there. And they're yeah. like, let's get the fuck out of here. That's like one of the best moments where they're just like, run. Yeah. It, it's a lot of fun. I love all the commercials and the glitziness of it. And the packaging, I still think, is beautiful. And that, like, watching this again, I was like, there is some pretty brilliant satire of, like, consumerism in this movie. Especially when they do the commercials of just, like, sexy people dancing around, eating the stuff. And I'm like, McDonald's still fucking does that with their commercials. It's people dancing around, having a good time. Like, give me some McDonald's. Like, it's... Nothing's changed. Even though it's like an hour 20, it still feels a little long to me. Not like Frontiers long, but there's just like a point where I'm like, okay, got it. I Yeah, I know what you're saying. I think part of it too is like this movie actually crams in a lot of plot into like 80 minutes because they're they're running from place to place. 
Oh, the the other movie this reminds me of is Halloween three. Mm, That's yeah. what I was thinking of. Cause it's like the whole, like they got to hunt down the town where the stuff came from. They go to the factory, you know, it's very similar to Halloween three with the masks. Yeah. So yeah, it's like once the military comes in that I'm like, okay, okay. Like yeah, it's, even though he's kind of charming and he's kind of funny. Yeah. The, the one guy, but like, and then they get to the, the, the radio station and then it gets good again. Yep. Yeah. And then we get to the end and then that end goes on for too long. A little too long, but I love that punchline of them forcing the like the food industry guys that are just going to repackage and resell the stuff again after all this happened. Like, no, we're going to make you guys eat your own thing. And obviously it's like going to kill you, but. And then a very young Patrick Dempsey comes into the picture. Yeah. What the hell? Right. And then I also read that Mira Sorvino's in there. She's in like a factory. It's like her film debut. Well, yeah. Cause uh, the the army was her dad, Paul Sorvino. So. Yep, of Goodfellas fame and many other I was going to try to find her, but I didn't have the energy. To yeah, go. who knows? It's probably real quick. I didn't notice her. And of course, man, uh, Mo, our hero, if you will. What a, what a great so character. By the time, I love that he comes in and he's a total scumbag and you don't like this guy. Uh, and then he wins you over, over the course of this movie. At least, yeah. at least it works for me. Like, I'm totally on his side by the end of it. I was like, oh, he's not actually that bad. He's just trying to make a living i guess no i really like him i really like that female lead and the little boy's okay um yeah a little bit you know child actory of the 80s not necessarily a great actor but you know he seemed he seemed game for it he did what he needed to do yeah but the other two leads i think are very good and the poster i was thinking of is the one where you see the fridge and the people are in front of it i love yep. that poster but the the other poster which is the one that i seem to see everywhere else is really good too where the it's like screaming melting yeah. guy yeah, yeah that's great there's some fun like cheesy but awesome special effects uh like with a dog <laughs> it's clearly a dog puppet oh. and starts shooting stuff out of its mouth the Love thing it. that's the other thing it's like. oh yeah no, it's yeah that is it feels like, like the thing, thing, thing sometimes it's yeah it's like an amalgamate see this is a movie that feels derivative of a bunch of other stuff but keeps it fresh yeah different from where frontiers feels just cliched yeah this feels fresh because they put enough spin on it that it's still fun yeah a hundred percent and chocolate chip Charlie's just so much fun. <laughs> chocolate chip Charlie. Every time he's talking to uh, Michael Moriarty, by the way, is the actor that plays Mo. Most people I think would know him. He had a streak on one of the Law and Orders. He was on one of those for many years. Uh, but he did a, like a ton of movies with Larry Cohen. And he just plays the like, I don't even know how you describe that. Schlub's not exactly the right word, but just this sarcastic as hell uh working working man type of guy i guess a little bit shady kind of a con man but very charming like the the, the great cheesy lines where he's like you know why they call me mo because every time i make some money i always want some mo and it's just <laughs> yeah. like just the variations on that it's like oh man what a what a goofball yeah he's the best part about it all for sure yeah, he carries it. If you had, if you did not have the right, he's almost like a Bill Murray type. It's kind of, yeah. you know, if you didn't have that energy, I feel like the whole thing would fall apart. Yeah. And I don't think in the beginning you have any idea, like, A, he's going to be the lead. Nope. At yeah. At least I didn't. And then that you're going to think he's so fun as well. Yeah, absolutely. By the end of it, you're like, oh, man, he's, and, and, uh, and, uh, 
what's her face too? The name of the character is escaping me, but you know, she was the commercial director that the marketing person that teams up with them and realizes, realizes the stuff is evil. Like I like those character turns for them where they're kind of shady people at first, but their desire to do good for the world wins out. Eventually they're going to do what's right. So. And I read that, that the guy in the hotel room that they filmed that in the same room where they filmed the bed scene in Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. The, the same root, scene, rotating room. Which yep. is exactly what I thought of. But I was thinking of the Tina scene mm, mm-hmm. as opposed to the Johnny Depp scene. Yep. They just were all over that in that movie. But they yeah. use them in very different ways. So it doesn't seem like necessarily the same effect. That you're yeah, going with. but very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I, there were times where I was like, I don't know why we're in like a green screen right now. It seems like you could uh, get this effect not being in front of a green screen. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was fine. (laughs) I mean, for what it is, it's like, you don't expect it to be like ultra real all the time. I also like the uh, the origin of the stuff, which is just like it came out of the ground one day and some like miners like, I'm going to eat this. Yeah. And then they're yeah. like, it's delicious. Uh, and then it's still kind of vague, though, like other than it came out of the earth. I feel like don't they say something about like maybe it's from outer space or something, but they didn't they don't really give you a definitive answer of like, yeah. what it is, why it's there, what it wants to do sort of thing. But for as like fucking into it as everyone in the world is. For them to just go on the air and be like, it's bad for you. You got to burn it. And then people just start doing it. I'm like, I don't buy that. Yeah, I don't buy that. I think it should have gone the opposite way of like everyone taking them down. And like at the end, everyone is run by this stuff. Yep. Yeah, that's that feels more real. Like it feels like the happy ending. They had to force it a little bit. Yeah. The quote unquote happy ending, except the very, very end shows you people are now dealing the stuff on the streets. Like in the black market. And I'm like, there you go. That's what would really happen. And it would still be out there. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For but sure. let's see. I think you were mostly right, uh, other than you said it's about a family and it's not really about a family. It's a, it's weirdly a movie that's kind of complicated in its storytelling where it has a bunch of different plot lines that it then intersects, like a bunch of different characters it brings together. So that's kind of some sophisticated writing there. Although how the boy came into the picture was, I did not understand. It. All of a sudden, the guy's like, I saw a move too. It just like pulls yeah. up next to him. It's not like he'd seen him on the news or something necessarily. He just happened to be there and know that that's what the boy was talking about or running yeah, from. Exactly. Other than what did they, uh, I think the only connection there is that somebody hands him one of his like people that works with him is like, look at this newspaper story about this boy that destroyed oh. a bunch of the stuff. Yeah. But still like, that's just barely a lead, but he gets there in the, yeah. at the right time, saves him, you know, I saw it move too. Yeah, exactly. It's and then they bring him but... and just leave him on the plane and, yeah, just they, later just... That, they just leave him there. And then they just... like later, they're like, I hope he's back home by now. It's like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah, well, that's a little. But, you know, kudos for bringing all these plot lines together. That was some. Yeah, that's good. That's a little sophisticated. Yeah. Yeah. Out of uh, five containers of the stuff. Uh, how many do you give it? I'm going to give it three. Nice. I'm going three and a half. Okay. So... It had. Just enough, just enough oomph that I like, this was just as fun as the first time I remember it being. And, you know, this is just a fun movie, so. Yeah. Well, good. We have a... Scare of approval. Yeah, buddy. Just can't get enough of the stuff. <laughs> have you looked? Are there any remixes online? I haven't looked. I, sh- I should. I love that first commercial. 
with the with the woman the, the really breathy woman that's just like when i was a little girl and then they really have the where's the beef gal right yeah they did the for real where's the beef commercial that's amazing but they're like where's the stuff <laughs> that like, that's, that's awesome. so good so good yeah no i haven't looked it up i should see if there's some remixes or remakes out there yeah it's fun i can't believe they haven't remade it yeah i'm so or I'm the blob. i'm surprised the blob hasn't been remade again again yeah i uh, i remember reading a interview with larry cohen uh before he had died uh where he had been writing a script uh dude was pretty pro prolific screenwriter though like he only directed you know he directed only until like you're saying into the it sounds like the 90s and kind of stopped and then from there he had some scripts that were produced still uh and he focused on screenwriting but i guess he he said before he died uh he had been writing a script that sounded real similar to the stuff uh, but was about like coffee shops. So, like he was making fun of the proliferation of like Starbucks and coffee places and focusing on that. And it sounds like it would have been okay. in the same vein as the stuff, but with like coffee, I guess, as the uh, product making people crazy. And I was like, that could have been, he could have done something fun with that. Did you see the remake of It's Alive? Yeah, and it was terrible. And is Maniac Cop, there's a remake of that? Well, so yeah, he, uh, uh, Larry Cohen wrote all the Maniac Cop movies, which oh, I understand you- three minutes. You've not seen those, right? Correct. That's, uh, that would be, ooh, those probably are gonna have to come up at some point. Uh, when he wrote Captivity, I remember all the hubbub about that movie when it came out. Mm -hmm. He also wrote Phone Booth. I see. Which was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Apparently, he wrote Phone Booth for Alfred Hitchcock. That's oh. how long the idea was. He, like, he wrote it in the 60s originally, and then it finally got made, you know, many, many years later. But yeah, no, the Maniac Cops are pretty good. It's Alive uh, It's not even a great movie to begin with, but it's fun B-movie. And then they tried to, like, re remake it in a more serious modern tone. And it was just not good from what I remember. So, mm-hmm. But there you have it, guys. The stuff. And what, what is if you're interested in Larry Cohen, check out your local library. I feel like it's one of those, uh, you know, like those children's programs where they're like, if you'd like to read more about blah, 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 go to your local library. Yes. Well, there's a fun one and a not good one, but check them out. Let us know your thoughts. Scaring and sharing at gmail.com. Yes, we really want to hear from you. Yes. And thank you for listening. As always. And yes. guys, we're recording this on the first day of fall officially. So yes. We are entering. And it the... is cold and dreary. And I'm going to watch the finale of Slasher. Nice. Yes. Nice. I need to figure out some more horror viewing to get me in the mood because it's fall time now. And all I do is binge on everything. So hell yeah. Hey, oh yeah, now's the time to revisit my Friday the 13th and my Halloweens and go hardcore with them. Yep, do it. Do it, do it. And drink Hell pumpkin spice, because I love it. And drink pumpkin spice, yep. The pumpkin spice must flow. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Just can't get enough of the stuff, guys. Uh, watch it. Get yeah. some stuff. Get some stuff. Get some. Get some stuff. And um, keep watching those scary movies. Because scaring is sharing. Yes, it is. Till next okay. time. Bye. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing.
been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.